The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to a game from Radio the Official, the Big Apple Con. This is Mark Torres, your host, speaking with me once again via social distancing. Is none other than the Life with Jenner G. Uh, Jen Elise Feldy. Hi, hi. I'm so full of life from my bed on my birthday. Today's your birthday. Yep. Holy crap! Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. I didn't know you were a September baby. Well, I'm not that much of a baby anymore, but I guess at one point I was. That's so weird. We were, yeah, yeah. we were just talking about synchronicity, and it's a Wednesday, and we're doing the show, and it's your birthday, and then a couple of Wednesdays from now is going to be my birthday. That's wild. Well, happy birthday. Not yet. Not yet. It's yeah. almost. Oh, you don't like the early birthday? Yeah. Cause you, yeah, exactly. I knew it. I knew it because um, Puerto Rican people I know are very afraid of saying happy early birthday. Well, actually, my Latin friends, they don't do the early birthday. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> learn something new every day. Now I don't need to learn anything for the rest of the day. And I'm going to go to sleep right after we do this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's a great way. Great way to spend your birthday. Yay. Um, so this week's show... We're going to have uh, Dominic Definition Man Sperano with another comic book pick of the week, another Jay Bird and Lee segment, and because um, this is being recorded beforehand, we have an uh, interview that's going to be coming up with uh, some people from the movie 1BR. It's on Netflix now. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, you should check it out, but we're going to have all that on our show. But before we get to that... We have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of pop cultureness and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, providing that the world is still here, will be in May 1st and 2nd of 2021. And also we have to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Winji Gun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, and uh, for just a dollar, you can get uh, your shout-out each week. That's definitely fair. That's a pandemic price. Yeah, pandemic price is one dollar. And I think you were doing pandemic pricing before the pandemic, so you were probably ahead of the curve. That's, that's, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How trendy you are. <laughs> All right, let's start off with the sad news. So sad news. Um, actor Norman Spencer died recently. As of this recording, September 2nd, Jennifer's birthday, happy birthday once again, no cause of death has been released. Um, Norman was most famous for his roles of Billy Blazes in the animated series, as well as the movie Rescue Heroes, and that of Cyclops in the 90s X-Men animated series, as well as the Capcom video game of the same character during that time. In addition to the aforementioned roles, Norman appeared in such shows as... Top Cops, Forever Night, Do South, I love that show, Relic Hunter, 
Earth Final Conflict, and Majority Rules, just to name a few. Uh, Norman also voiced characters in such shows as Pittsburgh's Pigs, Silver Surfer, Dumb Bunnies, and Mythic Warriors, Guardians, Le Guardians of the Legend, just to name a few. Um, were you a, uh, a fan of the X-Men series? Were you around then? Was your birthday around then? My birthday was 84, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you remember Cyclops? I do. Yeah, I do. My dad's friend kind of uh, looked like the modern one. I forget the actor's name, but yes. Wow. So yeah. so that's, that's, that's something. Uh, he was a, a, a young 62. Let's see. So moving on to the next bit of sad news. Uh, television animator, editor, writer, and producer Joseph Clemens Ruby, or Joe Ruby, also died recently of natural causes. Uh, Joe was one half of Ruby Spears, which was responsible for co-creating slash producing such characters as Scooby-Doo, Fangface, Mighty Man and Yuck, Rickety Rocket, Sundar the Barbarian, Goldie Golden Action Jack, I used to love that show, uh, Rubik the Amazing Cube, Mr. T, when he had his own cartoon, all the shows on Saturday Supercade, uh, Space Age, Dragon Slayer, Turbo Team, Sectars, It's Punky Brewster, the Punky Brewster cartoon, based off the character, uh, Centurions, Laser Tag Academy, Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos, the cartoon based off the guy, uh, Dink, the Little Dinosaur, Sky Surfer Strike Force, which was an awesome show, and Pittsburgh Pigs, just to name a few. Isn't that weird that the guy who made the show and the guy who was a voice on the show died in the same week. That is kind of weird. Maybe it was a team effort. <laughs> That's terrible. Maybe so. <laughs> you know what? That's terrible. Well, I get it. You know, six months, six months is the breaking point. That's one thing I discovered recently. <laughs> like, how much, how much pandemic can you survive? How much pandemic can you tolerate? That was terrible. I think it's six months. I think six months is it. That was terrible. <laughs> But maybe that's like 70% breaking, so maybe I can go another two. I don't know, I'm just brainstorming, trying to figure things out. You know, that's what I do as a Virgo. We analyze. We analyze situations and try to find the root source. So, Joe was a, a young... Uh, well, he gets to be spry. A spry 87. I mean, um, you know, being... Ruby Spears was one of the biggest... Uh, Companies back in the day, they were like, you know, the, they were Warner Brothers, Ruby Spears was a huge influence on the cartoons of the time. So it's something that one half of the team, is, is, you know, it's is gone. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of major players are passing away. For, speaking of the next bit of news. <laughs> yes. So from the bigger hero in death than in life department, which is also the last bit of sad news. Actor Chadwick Aaron Bozeman died recently from colon cancer. Uh, Chadwick appeared in such films as 42, Draft Day, Get On Up, Gods of Egypt, Captain America Civil War, Message from the King, Marshall, Black Panther, Avengers Part 4 and Part 5, um, no, Part 3 and Part 4, sorry, uh, 21 Bridges, and The Five Bloods, just to name a few. On a small screen, Chadwick appeared in such shows as All My Children, Lincoln Heights, Persons Unknown, Fringe, we were talking about that last week, and Detroit 187, just to name a few. Of note, Chadwick was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 and kept his illness a complete secret. Um, you know that Chadwick actually means to have your choice and accept nothing less? I did not know that. Now you gave me two things to learn today. 
Someone just messaged me that it's called Two Nights Ago. So I wonder if that was his real name or is it God-given name? Interesting. I mean, we, we, we had a whole show about uh, my friend, Elsie Ginsberg, who, who had cancer for a long time. And, you know, she was very public about it. Uh-huh. And we had a whole thing about death and what have you. And the fact that he had it and then he did all this stuff, like he touched so many people. So, A, he touched in life. He touched all the people in the movies that he did. He won an Oscar. He's an Oscar winning uh, actor. Um, he was great in, in the roles that, that he played. I mean, as, as since we're talking about comics, movies, and entertainment. Um, Civil War, you know, he was Black Panther. He, he brought that role to life. And he inspired so many people. And what made, when, when he was at the height of his career, the Black Panther was, was the, the pinnacle. He was suffering from, a, from, from cancer. And he just kept it going. So, so right there. So we got the, the, the acting part. Then his life that he did that at that point in time. You know, it's either A, that he's like, well, I don't want people to pity me, so I'm not going to mention it. Or B, he's like, I'm going to keep it to myself and try to bring the happiness and love as much as he can to all these other people. He was visiting cancer patients. You know, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling what he did. So he, on, the, on, the, on on-screen, he was amazing. On off-screen, he was even more amazing. Then you find out all this stuff after he died. That makes him even, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And he was visiting cancer patients. Yeah. That, that, people can't even visit their friends or their, their parents. But he's visiting people he doesn't even know. And he has cancer. So, hashtag no excuses. And then um, it also, as, as, as we've, we've mentioned, the cancel culture and, the, and the, the toxicity of social media. Because towards the end, he had lost a lot of weight. And people were, were saying, oh, you know, he looks terrible. Oh, there's no way he can be Black Panther. Oh, this and that and this and that. Not knowing the real story. So maybe this is a lesson that, you know, you should dial it back a little bit. Always. For and, sure. You never know what's going, going through. You really do never do. So, and I've, I've been saying this for years. You never truly know what's going to happen on any given day. Mm-hmm. So taking that one step further, you never know what's going through anybody's mind, going through their lives on any given day. Like what you see may not be the whole picture. So maybe you should turn down that judgment just a little bit, just always. slightly. Yeah, I always never go into any interaction thinking I know the person. I won't. I won't assume their gender. Of course, you know it's twenty twenty. I'm never going to assume their sex or their their gender. Excuse me. Um, yeah. You just never know. You have any, no idea if people are really loving their lives or what they're going through on any complex level. I'm sorry. I, I should never do a radio show after uh, before 11 in the morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to every listener. I'm just going to cut myself off. Oh, all right. All right. Anyways, I'm sorry, RIP. And I really want to know if your name was your God-given name. Um, he was, uh, he was uh, a young, super young, 43. Younger than me, 43. Ah, that's, you know, um, there's, there's tons of other people who are talking about it. We just wanted to mention it uh, briefly for our show because it, it is such a significant thing. And he was a big part of the pop culture world. So, you know, just had to mention that without going super deep into it, um, even though we kind of did. 
Well, he'll keep coming back because, you know, he really is a legend. So he'll keep coming up in the conversation. His work was going to live on. So going to come back. And so one last thing I want to quickly mention is that, you know, I, I mentioned when we were talking about uh, reviewing the movie Black Panther. Um, we were always talking about race and, 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 and its climate and what have you. And even though it was a majority, 99% uh, black people on that movie, that movie was made and done not a black movie. It was a movie with a black cast. And I think that's what everybody should strive for, to make a regular thing, not make it the black, the anything, just make it a regular movie with whatever cast you have. A Chinese cast, you know, multi-ethnic cast, whatever. That's how it should be done. And as you see, it made a bazillion dollars, so that might be a way to go. Yeah, I'm with you. What Mark said. <laughs> All right, so moving moving on. From the Double Dip That Chip Department, as mentioned on a previous show due to the ongoing pandemic, starting September 4th, Disney will be releasing the live-action film Mulan exclusively on its Disney streaming service for an additional $30 fee on top of whatever monthly fee they are already charging for the service. Now, Disney has announced that on December 4th, just three months later to the date, um, the film will be added to the streaming service as a regular part of the library. Of course, depending on how much extra money this film brings in, it will determine the future of all Disney releases. Yeah, well, they're pips. They got a top product, and they're charging as much as they can for it. I don't blame them. I think this is the moment. This right here, once again, we, we've, we've hit a moment in pop culture that can change the course of the future of entertainment. Do not... Pay the $30, wait till it comes out in three months. You've waited this long for the movie to come out. Three more months isn't going to, you know, it's not going to kill you. Wait the three months. That way, they will be forced to go the traditional route of putting it in theaters, even though, you know, theaters are, are in bad shape right now. But you got to support them, support businesses, and Disney is fine. True. So basically, if you want the movie theaters to stay open... Do not pay for this. If you don't care about the movie theaters or if, you, if your arch nemesis is AMC, then perhaps you should definitely pay for this and send a really strong message that we don't need you movie theaters. All depends on what side you're on. Yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's actually very good. This is our, this is our own uh, pop culture voting right here. You're voting with your dollars. That's what I've always said. With businesses, you always vote with your dollars. So this is it. Exactly. And that's how we're going to vote in this election. Just send in a check to the White House. <laughs> yes, <laughs> voting with your dollar. Send a dollar. <laughs> I really wish we could vote at the grocery store, though, really. Just when we put in the money, they ask for the donation, put in your vote. That's true. They do ask for the donation. <laughs> yeah, why not? If you can make a donation, why can't we just press yes or no, right? Oh, man, that's funny. You know what? It, it completely side, I got sidetracked right here. Um, many years ago, I remember at a CVS, they had the yes and no button. Um, when you, For whatever reason, I, I, I don't remember what it was. I, they probably still do have it now. And they had the Spanish and English versions on the screen. So on they, they had the green button that said yes slash C, and on the red button it has no slash no, because no in Spanish is exactly the same, spelled exactly the same way. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. That is pretty funny. And by the way, it's another mistake I made before 11 o'clock recording, half sleep. 
voting is a yes or no for the presidency. <laughs> it's Biden or Trump. Well, <laughs> it's, it's yes or no. <laughs> like press yes for Trump, press no for Biden. Like clearly, I have a very hard time speaking at this time. I understood what you meant, and I was letting it go. I was just just keep on going. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm just marveling at how little I make sense. Um, You're like I, a penny. You make no sense. Like a what? You're like a penny. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. I, I make no sense before noon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep going. I'll keep making weird comments. So speaking of stuff not making sense, in a way, from the you had one job in all of this extra time department. After nearly a two-year delay, the New Mutants movie has finally been released in theaters, no less. To sum up how the film was received after all this time, and, and just letting people know, the movie was supposed to be released, then it had delays and reshoots, and then the company that made the movie got bought out by Disney, and then Disney shelved it, and then there was a pandemic. So that's why for the delays. Um, so to sum up how the film was received after all this time, not only has director Josh Boone deactivated his social media account, that's never a good thing, but none other than New Mutant co-creator Bob McCloud says, <clears throat> I was very excited when I heard that they were making a New Mutants movie. I thought making it into a horror movie was perhaps an interesting idea, not all the, not, but not at all how the character should be introduced to the public at large. But hey, my character's in a movie. I never would have thought that that would actually happen. But then, I was disappointed when they didn't give Danny, the Native American character, braids, although I liked Blue Hunt, that's the actress. Um, I was disappointed when Ronnie uh, wasn't a redhead with spiky hair, although I adore Maisie Williams, that is the actress. I was disappointed that Sam isn't a tall and gawky Although I do like Charlie Heaton, which once again is the actress. Uh, but mainly, I feel very disappointed that Roberto isn't short and dark-skinned. Yet another example of Hollywood whitewashing. There's just no excuse. So basically, Josh Boone erased everything I contributed to the way the characters look. And now, the movie has come out at last. And apparently, they've credited someone by the name of Bob MacLeod. <laughs> so it's B-O-B... M-A-C-L-E-O-D is how it was uh, shown in the movie, but his name is Bob McCloud. Uh, M-C-C-L-O-D. M-C-L-E-O-D. So actually they just threw an extra letter in his name. Um, they couldn't even bother to check the spelling of my name sometime in the last three years. And that can't be fixed. That will be on the movie forever. I think I'm done with this movie. Yeah, I, I don't blame him. And we were just talking about similar things. That if someone's going to misspell anything, I actually said this last night. My dad said I should make this kid up. It was just funny. Keep on bringing my dad into this. Um, it, uh, my rule is that if you have spelling errors, I will never take your advice. And if you have any spelling errors on any of your media as a producer, you're a, it's a warning sign that you're a clown. They're, they're always clowns. They never make any sense. Well. They don't make enough sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And two, I'm going to give a little sympathy to Josh Boone, not that I think he did the right thing. Um, some of these characters might be hard to cast because when you're casting, you know, okay, we have to find a skinny redheaded guy. You know, it, redheads are a very small percent of the population, so I, I, I'm going to give a little sympathy for that. But however, a short, 
brown person, those are not that rare. So to not use the character as is and not use, not utilize one of the many short brown people in America is a little crazy. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here. They can easily dye some guy's hair red. They can put a red wig. So it's not like they can. <laughs> okay. It, it could be done. There's so many people out there. They could find the person that is best for the role. Now, we, di- we did talk about um, before a different show about finding the best person for the role, which may not match up with what the person looks like. But I'm sure they could at least try you know, all this time, I think they could have at least tried it. You know, they could have said, well, you know, we, we, we scoured everybody, and the best actor for this role is not uh, a, a white guy or not a black guy or not a Native American person. But they did their best to try that. But then when the black guy becomes a white guy for no reason, I'm sure, I'm sure they could have found one black guy. You know? Exactly. And I'm going to disagree with uh, Bob McCloud here. Um, they can change it in the movie. When they can digitally change the name, whether or not they will, is a, is a completely different thing. Because it is just in the credits, so they could just whoop, change that out. But I, I don't even think they're going to bother. It's probably intentional to cut him out. It seems like they cut his characters out. And they're like, eh, let's just cut him out too. You know, I don't need him. So maybe that was him. Maybe, maybe the guy who made these characters... Is the other uh, Bob McCloud. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's cute and innocent. I, I think it's more sinister. I, I, I don't trust producers at all. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that's it for the uh, shorter news because we have a lot of stuff for the rest of the show. Uh, you want to do a final thought before we head to commercial, Jennifer? Final thought is sleep is the foundation of health. So <laughs> go get them. And I will right now. So I'm going to throw out a final thought once again for the fourth time. I'm going to wish you a very happy birthday, a very personal new year, because that's what it really is. It's a personal new year. So enjoy your personal new year. Um, I'm not going to ask your age, but uh, you don't look a day over, you know, (laughs) fine. Happy 36th personal new year. Enjoy your 37th year on this planet, and hopefully you'll make it to 38. Thank you very much. So that is it for uh, uh, for us right now. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for Joker War from DC Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel DC image or independent comics, comic book supplies, back issues, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. Thank you and stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. And this week, we get to talk about school, because we're back, baby. Yeah. Well, you're, you're back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, technically, you're still working, just not, like, well, you're working in the basement, so. Well, I'm, yes, I'm in the basement, and I'm working, yeah. but you, uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about school, because I don't go to school anymore. 
So now we're talking about the fact that you're you're starting school. It's basically about two weeks in, and no first week. Well, yeah, I guess about I guess the first yeah week, whatever. And you know you kind of have part of a week. You're kind of going in. Um, and out. Well, you're in and out. You're in one day, you're out the next. And We're doing do- a hybrid thing for the first two weeks. So remote one day where the teachers are live and uh, in person another day where... We're in school switching classes. Yeah, well, that's what happens in middle school. You go to class to class, right? And it's just... So what's the deal now? You have, like, uh, three-sided partitions when you're there, right? So Yeah, there's... uh, When we walk into the... Well, we have to have a mask on at all times. We have to do a temperature check. They have, like, things on the walls where you put your wrist up to and they... uh, What's it called? They they know, yeah. Really? You put what your wrist up to the wall or something, or like yeah, a scanner? and yeah, a scanner, and it says your temperature, and then they allow you in. Oh wow! Yeah, and you have to wear your mask for seven hours straight, and then there are plexiglass like walls around your desk. Yeah, the partitions. And right. the thing is, they told us to get binders, but they don't. The binders that most of the kids got don't fit. In between the plexiglass, so we have to use it sideways. <laughs> oh, man, you got to get different binders, you know, to fit in. Yeah, but, I mean, otherwise it wouldn't fit all the classes, so. Oh, in the book, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you have a lot of stuff going on in this school, right? Yeah, honestly, there are pros and cons to each. Um, one of the pros to in-person is... You just get to, like, see everyone, and you're, the teachers are, like, they interact with you more than they do if you're online. I gotcha. So, what, and what do you think about being home and doing uh, those days? I mean, it's all right. It's sort of, like, ten times more boring. <laughs> oh, Because you don't get any, you barely get that much attention. Like, the teachers, some teachers try to interact with you a lot, but, I mean, it's hard. Like, you have to teach basically two classes at one time like at least that's what it seems like and a huge con is you get to stay home with me right (laughs) because it's just me i can't be a kid you know and do kid stuff all the time i mean i don't really have that many friends in my classes anyway but oh okay but yeah yeah yeah, you do have (laughs) friends but they're just not in your classes yeah um um that's cool another pro about being online is for lunch, I could actually, like, I could cook something. Like, I could cook a meal if oh, I wanted right. to. Yeah, like eggs or something. Right, so you can make your own lunch during lunchtime instead of yeah. having a pre-packed sandwich or whatever. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. In school for lunch, we have to, we go to one room for 20 minutes and eat our lunch inside a plexiglass Yeah, the partition. Desk, yeah, uh, six feet away from everyone. And... Uh, then for the other half, the other 20 minutes, we go to the auditorium, stay six feet away from everyone, and we literally can't do anything. Oh, gosh. All right. That sounds yeah. like an interesting thing. So, okay, if we basically have another week or so to go, uh, and then you have to make a decision on which one you would want to do. Are you still up in the air? Are you leaning towards one? What's the idea? I'm definitely still up in the air because there's so many pros and, con- pros and cons of each Right, so you it's don't It's hard really to know. choose. All right, well, I guess we'll have to figure that out in the next couple of weeks, and we'll probably talk about that again to see where you wound up, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'd want to be home with me every day. It's kind of, you know... But I don't want to wear my mask for seven hours also. 
Yeah, this is definitely a conundrum here. Yeah, because also my glasses fog up when I'm wearing the mask. That's right, the glasses do fog up. Yeah. All right, so we'll have to uh, talk about that next time or in a couple weeks, and and we'll see uh, what the result is. Yeah. In the meantime, (laughs) uh, for anyone who's listening that's going to school, good luck. And for those who are staying home, enjoy. Stay safe, (laughs) stay healthy, and stay connected. Okay, see you. Thanks. Bye. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 now, back to our show. Doom Barbarian is a sword and sorcery in space, full-color graphic novel, comedy sci-fi adventure. From wasteland planets overrun by magic to overpopulated planets consumed in tech, Doom Barbarian and his six-eyed techie friend, Tug, are galactic bounty hunters looking to find adventure and make a few bucks along the way. Have they bitten off more than they can chew, rescuing a slave girl from one of the galaxy's most terrible villains? Order yours today on Indiegogo. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to We Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am blessed to be with three people from the uh, new movie that I saw just the other day on Netflix, uh, 1BR. I am with uh, producer Alok Misra. Yes. You're supposed to say hi. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> it's audio. <laughs> yes, sir. We have writer-director David Marmer. Hello. And we have one of the uh, actresses, Naomi Grossman. Hello. So I guess we're just going to get to the important stuff, which is how did this project uh, come to be and how did you guys get involved in the project? Uh, well, I, I guess I, I should start since uh, it started when I, when I wrote the script, um, which was longer ago than I, I usually like to admit. Um, it really was inspired by my experiences when I first moved to LA and uh, didn't know anybody and was not a very confident person. And I found the whole experience of living in an apartment complex like that to be really creepy and uh, alienating and, um, and, just, uh, and just weird. There was a lot of weirdness to it. Um, and that, that was really sort of the, the original inspiration uh, for the script and then cut forward several years. And uh, I had um, written other scripts and, and gotten representation and, um, my new managers asked me, you know, what, what other scripts I had, and I didn't really have anything to show them. So I said, well, I could dig out this old horror script I wrote, and I 
uh, updated it real quick and sent it to them. And to my surprise, they, they really responded to it and said, you know, we, I think we could produce this and, and we could get you to direct it. Um, so I went off for a few months and, and rewrote it and then uh, handed it to them and they sent it out. And that's where Elote comes into the story. Yes, I, uh, I uh, got my uh, money-grubbing producer hands on it. And I liked it a lot. And I had a, a lunch with David and we had a coffee with David and we discussed it. And we were, you know, first time producers and, and David was a first time uh, director producer. And, and so we thought, what could go wrong? And uh, so <laughs> the rest was history in itself. Uh, we we uh, had the same sensibilities. So, you know, we got along very well. And, you know, hopefully uh, we're, we, well, we're making another movie in addition to that <laughs> after, uh, after we finished, uh, you know, this, this whole adventure. So that's, uh, that's how it all went. Yeah. What about you, Naomi? How did you get involved with the project? Well, I, I actually know Alok from um, before. I, when I, he and I have a mutual friend, uh, they were best friends in high school and we were best friends in college. And so when I moved out to LA, uh, he's actually from here. And so uh, this mutual friend of ours uh, kind of connected us. And uh, so we've been you know, cultivating. I've been networking for the last 20 years and didn't realize it. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, in the meantime, like, uh, you know, I've come to sort of have a horror following. And so, and Alok, of course, knew that. And so when he had this horror script, he thought of me. And so he, uh, you know, he, he brought this to me very early in the process. And of course, I loved it. And I mean, it's a great script. And the fact is, if you don't have you know, solid blueprints, then you don't really have a movie. So I was um, all uh, aboard uh, from the very beginning. Um, I mean, they have all kinds of stories about, you know, they lost like pretty much everyone, like kind of like all the main players, uh, like the week before. Uh, but it ended up being really one of the greatest things that ever happened to them because, you know, the cast that they came up with was, you know, obviously worked. So, um but yeah, I was uh, early to come on and never to leave. They'll never get rid of me. <laughs> I think one of the things they always say is that uh, casting is very important. And uh, what is it? Um, no, there's no small role. No, wait, there's no small actors, only small role. Which one is that, right? Um, there's no small role. No, no small right? role. Those only small parts of small actors. And yes. I would know because I'm, <laughs> I'm five feet of fun. I'm, um, I am petite, but, and I, uh, I can manage to, uh, you know, pack a punch with, with very little. That's apparently what I do. <laughs> so I have, so on that, on that note, I really think that the casting was really well done. It felt like you guys had these guys all this time. I read the behind the scenes and how the movie was made, but it felt like you guys had the right cast at the end. So good job. Uh, what is it? Um, Karma getting this together. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I should stop talking because this is really their, their topic. But, you know, they lost their, the main lead, who really is in, like, every single frame of the film. And um, it turns out it was the best thing that ever happened because they ended up replacing her with a, a girl who's also out of town, from New York, in fact. And so she came in with, like, three hours of rehearsal. And so she was really was sort of fish out of water, like the odd man out, which, you know, it, it, it worked. Like, it was very meta. She was, you know, all of a sudden, like, in this weird foreign city, um, you you know, among all these people she didn't know. And, uh, you know, and so, I mean, who knows? As an actress, I imagine she probably drew upon that and, and you can see it on screen. 
So, um, David, so I, I think I think I find it interesting that you guys keep on saying this is a horror film, but I find it more of a psychological drama slash horror film. So it's not just a horror film. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit for this. <laughs> well, no, I actually I, I agree with you. And, and I've always sort of been a little bit uncomfortable um, sort of call, calling it horror, not because I have anything against horror. I love horror, but I always felt like this was a bit of a hybrid. Um, and I used to call it, uh, what did I call it? I called it at some point, I called it a, a psychological horror film. I've called it a psychological thriller horror. You know, it's, it's what I, what it really is I, it, to me is it's, it's a psychological thriller, um, or psychodrama perhaps with a horror tone. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the worries we had what, as we, as we went forward and we were starting to go on the festival circuit and try to find a home for the movie was I, I was really worried that the horror community would not embrace the movie because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of sort of traditional horror elements to it. The, the whole middle section of the movie, almost nothing happens um, that, you know, there's no, there's no kills, there's no gore. Um, and uh, I was worried about that. And I, it turns out I need not have the, the horror community just like, they really embraced the movie and they've been so great. Like I, I almost just only want to make horror from now on because they're, they're such warm, you know, people. And they really, you know, when they, when they're passionate about something, they are really passionate about it as I'm sure Naomi can tell you. And that's another important part is that the movie was so good that it can transcend that. And, and if it's good, people will accept it and like it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I suppose it's hard for me to, you know, obviously I can't, I, I don't have a, uh, an objective, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, view of of the movie, but you know it's been just like it has warmed my heart to see how people have embraced the movie and talked about it and and you know found symbolism in it and metaphor in it and uh, you know uh, much of which I didn't intend at least uh, not consciously. Um, but yeah, it's been like it's been so much fun to see it, especially now that it's come out on Netflix and it's really hit a wider audience. Like to see the conversation about it has been so, you know, just life affirming for me. So um, what I found interesting is that each of the characters had like a duality to them. Um, Naomi, did you get that information ahead of time of the duality of the character? Or did you put your own duality on, um, on what they are before stuff happened and then after stuff happened? Well, I mean, I think... Um... Uh, I think all characters have a duality. I mean, I, you know, Naomi, the character has a duality. Like that's what makes us real, right? No, no one's, it's not, we're not black and white, right? We're not like, uh, we're all shades of gray. No one's just good. No one's just evil. Um, you know, Janice uh, uh, in, wants to raise her daughter in a, 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 in a disciplined and um, a, good environment like any mother so um you know obviously her means of doing that are a little warped um so you know sh she might be interpreted as a uh, a villain but the fact is like her intentions are good her intentions are you know uh, are not are, are that of a um a, a protagonist so um i think i mean that to me is the duality you're talking about like you know, no one wants to just watch these like Carilla Deville, you know, <laughs> evil, la you know, we're all, um, uh, you know, I mean, even let's take the, the arch um, villain of all time, Adolf Hitler wanted to fix the roads. You know, I'm not, 
You, what I'm saying is like, even the worst of all, like there's, there's some good, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what makes we're, us interesting. You know, Hannibal Lecter was a, a cultured um, uh, uh, like a, citizen of the world. You know, he also ate people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I just think that um, <laughs> any script, if it's worth anything, is going to have characters like these that are, uh, you know, have dualities, like you're saying. And one of one of the one of the the sort of tenets I always adhere to in in writing, and it's it's especially true in in this movie, is that you know every character is the protagonist of their own story, um, and that was a that was something I really talked about with with all the all the community members. Was you know you you guys are the good guys, what what you are doing here it's difficult you know you 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 know you have to put Sarah through a very difficult process, but it's to a greater end. You know, these people really believe in what they do and they, they believe in the good of what they do and there is good in what they do. Um, you know, and, and that was really sort of the conversation that we had. I don't think we specifically talked about sort of like the duality in terms of the two sides of their personality. I wanted them to basically play it as straight as possible, right? Like as I wanted them, them to fully believe in the goodness of their characters and the incidents that you're seeing, the way it's written, sort of take care of the other side of it without them having to play it, if that makes sense. Actually, it does. Um, speaking of, of on the writing end of it, um, the movie is beginning, middle, end. It is a full story. However, when you watch it, you're like, what happened before and what happened after? Was that a conscious decision in your mind to leave it sort of open-ended, but enough so that way if you just watch this movie, you're all set and done, Dave? Yeah. I mean, I, I always sort of shy away from endings that feel too pat. Um, many of my favorite endings in, in cinema are very sort of open to interpretation or, or open-ended. Um, so, you know, I, I always wanted to have that. At the same time, I felt, and this is an argument that I had actually with, with Alok at, at one point um, about sort of exactly how to, how to end the movie. I felt there needed to be some note of hope, you know, that we had put this poor character through so much in this movie. And I felt like she had earned this moment of strength at the end. Um, so, you know, while it is, it is unclear what happens and, and it, it's open to interpretation, sort of in my mind, like, I feel like she's, she is a strong enough person that she's going to figure out some way to survive. Um, and then as for, you know, as for what happens before that, that's kind of a, a process that I go through in, in everything I write and, and try to sort of work into the script is, is I try to think, you know, where did all this come from so that it doesn't, so that it doesn't sort of exist in a, in one of those kind of movie vacuums. Um, and, you know, that really worked. I, I, that's some of my favorite stuff in, in this movie is kind of the history of it. And, you know, there's a lot more that didn't make it onto screen because it would have made the movie three hours long, but like, there's a lot of history to this, to this cult. And, um, you know, and I think there, there are other stories that could be told that are set before this movie. Cool. Um, I'll look, uh, my question is for on the, on the producing side of this. Now, our show um, is mostly about independent films because I find that 
they usually have a small budget and they do so much with such a small budget and that you find these big budget Hollywood movies that have tons of money just thrown at them and they're not as good. So as a producer, is that something that you try to do in your head is like, I'm going to try to get the best because I'm using less money or do you just, I just want as much money as possible and hope for the best. Well, I mean, this was my first movie, so I don't really have a comparison, but I did test movies for 18 years. So I did see a lot of what you're talking about. I mean, listen, I think that, you know, you're dealing with a big machine and there's a lot of different cooks in that kitchen in terms of studio execs and different people like that. It, it can get very muddled and confused. And I think that, um, you know, what's interesting about a lot of companies now, like the Netflix of the world and people like that, they're letting the creatives go out and be creative without meddling in their affairs so in terms of what you're asking i'd say that like listen i'd be very happy you know doing uh decently budgeted uh like not low budget but you know mid-range budget kind of films that i have more creative control over and i can i can give the director more creative control over um you know versus doing bigger films i think that you know there, there's a certain point where it's just I think mean, you have to. I think you have to grow up to be able to do. You know, you have to, you have to level up. Let's call it to be able to do bigger and bigger films. And I think that comes with experience, frankly. And I think that um, you know, for 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 me personally, I'm 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 ready to move on to kind of the next level. But I don't want to do like. Uh oh, I think we lost him. Yeah, I don't think any of us are. <laughs> in certain certain circumstances, um, but soon, but soon we will be. But I hope that answers the question. Does it answer the question? It does. It does. Um, so let's see. We have, okay, we got about 10 minutes left. So let's do um, social media stuff. Where can people find out more about you? Where can people find out about more about the movie? Um, what other projects you guys are going to be working on? Let's go with that. Uh, I'll love you. You can go first. Um, well, actually, uh, we're, uh, we're doing a, a movie with uh, the director, um, Marcel Sarmiento, um, and it's, he's the guy that did the movie Dead Girl, if you ever remember that movie. Um, yes. he, um, you know, he's the writer-director as well, and so we're on to that project next. But then after that, uh, we are working with David again, I think I said that before, on another project that's even more interesting and awesome than 1BR, a uh, slightly different genre, but we can't tell you anything about about it other than that because we're trying to keep it in a box like jj abrams style so that's that's sort of what i what i'm doing all right um social media stuff how can people get a hold of you contact you all that kind of stuff um well we're on twitter i mean we're on twitter for one br uh really that's where still our kind of focus in a way um it's um uh what's it called oh gosh uh, i should remember this one br underscore film is that right david one br uh, yes. underscore film yep yeah, that's right it's fun. They're also on Instagram and Facebook. Thank, thank you, Naomi. Good job, Naomi. So I guess <laughs> she's to work this stuff. We don't. We're not. She's an old. She's an old hat for her. She's really great at it. So Naomi, you're up next. Where can people um, find out about you? More social media stuff, website, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My um, social media is at Naomi W Grossman on all platforms. I'm verified, so there won't be any question. Um, uh, my website is uh, naomigrossman.net. Um, as far as next projects, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here sucking up to Alok and David, hoping I can get in on that action. Um, uh, you know, with COVID, it's, it's very hard to say. Um, uh, you know, obviously, there's certain projects that I did. Uh, as You know, I mean, this movie we shot 
two years ago. So, I mean, there wow. are things that I've done in the last two years that we'll be seeing, but you know, it's like my work is done. I kind of have to just wait for the editors and producers to kind of, you know, finish. And I, that's something I have no control over. Uh, I do know that um, I voiced a video game, uh, the new mafia. If people are gamers uh, listening, um, they can hear me on that. Um, and uh, I'm working on a new one-woman show, which I'm very close to finishing. Um, I know I've been saying that forever, like a locust rolling his eyes, uh, but I, I have reason to believe like I am closer than I've ever been. So that's very exciting. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the hope, of course, my hope was always to sell it as a, like a one-hour comedy special to one of these streaming platforms. And the irony of all this COVID business is that that's actually probably more likely to happen than is um, for me to, you know, put it up on stage on a smaller scale, you know, uh, produce it like in theaters. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. Um, so, you know, maybe there is a silver lining ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> David, what uh, places that people can contact you, all that fun stuff, social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm D Marmor, D-M-A-R-M-O-R on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram at David underscore Marmor. Um, I'm not good at either of those. I'm just not really a social media guy, but I am on there and you can reach me and, and eventually I'll see the notification and, and get back to you. But it might, sometimes it takes a while. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I'm just, uh, I'm working on the movie that uh, Alok just, just told you about, but didn't tell you about. Um, I'm, uh, I'm doing another pass on the script and starting to think about, you know, directing whenever they let us direct movies again. So actually, since we have a couple of minutes before we get to our final thoughts, that is an interesting question. How do you guys make movies or able to get anything done with the pandemic happening? I mean, is it, do you find it easier to get the little behind the scenes stuff done? So that way, when everything comes back to normal, you're ready to go? Or is it just as difficult as everything else? I mean, I'll tell you from the producing point of view, we were supposed to be doing a movie this summer. It was funded and everything. And we are not doing a movie right now. So it's like, it's like 20 to 25 to 30% more to do a movie. And like with all the COVID restrictions and think about insurance, for example, I mean, they just shut down goddamn Batman yesterday. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's like, that's like the nightmare in my head right there. That in a nutshell is a nightmare in my head. Like I don't want to go out to like a foreign country and be in Eastern Europe or something. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we got 10 people that got COVID, but I mean, I'm, I'm in an Eastern European hospital now. So, you know, it's like, I don't want to deal with this. So like we'll maybe... let's produce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, let's, we're waiting. We're basically, we're sort of like hoping that we can do everything we need to do in terms of design and everything else so we can maybe shoot in the spring and hopefully there will be a, uh, a, a, a vaccination by then. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that isn't going to like start like I am legend or something, <laughs> you know. I, mean, like, I, I got a German Shepherd though, so I think I'm going to be the Will Smith and that, you know. But anyway, the, 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 the point of it all is that we, it's, it's delayed us. We're waiting. Uh, it, you know, we've gotten the one good thing, for example, with like David talked about is that like we've gotten to do like a, a rewrite on his script, right? We rewrote our other script that we're trying to shoot too. So we've been able to kind of like get everything right. And we're starting to cast right now for, for the next movie. So fingers crossed, everything comes together that we don't have more outbreaks and people are smart. And we're, you know, masked and the whole thing. And, and so that's, that's sort of where it is with us. 
because of COVID. That if that helps, it makes sense. All yeah. right. <laughs> so we are at our time for our final thoughts. So um, just final thoughts. You anything you want to mention quickly about uh, and the entire situation about the movie? Now's your shot. Um, who wants to go first? Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. Naomi, final thoughts. I haven't watched the movie yet. I mean, it seems like everyone in the world has because we were number one on uh, Netflix last week, which is just incredible. When you think about, I mean, it really was just an itty bitty, no budget movie. And um, I'm, I'm just so thrilled because, you know, these are my friends and they've, <laughs> uh, they did it. They, from, you know, uh, mortgaging their house to uh, number <laughs> one, on, like go figure, like, so it, it's it's really exciting to watch, you know, David fight and win against <laughs> Goliath. So um, anyway, it, but still, it, it helps every little bit. Folks should, you know, still watch. You can still watch uh, if you don't have Netflix. I don't think anyone doesn't have Netflix. But if you don't, uh, you can still, uh, you know, buy it on all, all the usual uh, platforms and, you know, help Alok make that money back and, and I think I have some points on this movie, so I think I might actually make something from it, too, which would be great. Not for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> David, final thought? Uh, I mean, really just echoing what, what Naomi said, if, if uh, anybody listening to this is, if the movie sounds interesting and you haven't seen it yet, please watch it. Um, it is on Netflix. It's available to rent or buy on all the VOD platforms and it's on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and uh, you know, if 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 you watch it and you don't like it, I'm sorry. <laughs> we tried to make it. We tried to make it good. You don't have socials anyway, so you won't have to. <laughs> right, exactly. I probably won't. I probably won't won't realize if you say something mean to me on Twitter. Uh, and, there, and there's been some mean stuff. No, I'm kidding. But I that, uh, we shield you from. But um, and some really funny stuff, by the way. I got to share some. Anyway, but um, I was trying to say, if you do like it, please. Tell your friends because word of mouth for a little film like ours means so much. You don't understand word of mouth. You telling your friend is better than any trailer we could cut because you give it like street cred when you tell your buddy, hey, listen, that's a dope movie. Watch that thing. Da, da, da. So that's what I would say. It's for a parting last thought. Please, please, please. If you like it, just tell everyone you know. If you don't like it, just shut up. <laughs> well, I mean... I will say though, what, one thing again, it's a huge testament to what you guys have done. I have shown this movie from everything from like the six guys, the, the six, you know, 20 year old twinks that I partied with in Palm Springs last <laughs> week to my own 81 year old mother in New Mexico. I mean, they all love this movie. Like <laughs> these guys, they went from like lounging, like kind of half interested, mostly on Grinder, to standing <laughs> at the tip. Or like a foot from the screen, standing, screaming, like the passion. And and my mom too, like she's got it on a loop. She is so like I've never seen anything like it. So kudos to you. Like I like I challenge this person. I do check my socials. If there's somebody that doesn't enjoy this movie, I want to hear from them. You can deal with me. Wow, I love it. Huh? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. From twenty year old twinks to eighty one year old, you know. <laughs> Octogenic fans, you're gonna enjoy it. 
Well, that's how that's how I actually wound up reaching out to you guys. I saw the movie. I heard about it. I was like, let me check this movie out. And it was really good. And one of the things that I, I like about independent films is that this doesn't look like an independent film. And I think you know what I'm talking about. So it looks like a real big budget type thing. So you guys did a great job. The wow. casting was great. The story was great. I liked the whole beginning, middle, end. Um, I find that out of everything, um, the Nicole's acting, she did some really interesting stuff oh, yeah. in there. So I, I, I say it was very enjoyable, and I want to commend you guys for doing such a good job and much continued success. Um, so, yeah, so that's it for our interview. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. So keep listening. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we will not be able to have a comic pick of the week. However with the music that you just heard as a little hint. Uh, I, Mark Torres from Came From The Radio, will be giving a quick review of the latest Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted Part 3, otherwise known as Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, overall, it was a solid 7. It was a continuation from the other two movies. If you were a fan of the other two, you remember that part two ended with uh, pretty much the movie being resolved. The entire series about them saving the future and what have you was done. But this one picks up from that in a way. And what happens is they decide to turn the idea on its head and say that they haven't actually made the song that saves the world. Um, they bring in a new cast of uh, characters. I mean, they have the original cast of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters, Winter, and they bring the two new characters to play their kids. And while the original two are trying to get the song to save the world, the kids are also having their own little time trial adventure to help out. So it's a nice little throwback to the original two movies. Um, it has the same flavor to it, the same flair. Uh, the characters are likable. Uh, the humor is on par with the other two. Uh, personally, I was a fan of the first one more than the second, but I felt the second was a solid seven, which this movie also is. The one thing that does bother me is that the major premise of the movie, as seen in the trailers, is having Bill and Ted go into the future to get the song from themselves so that way they'll have the song when they need it and then they'll bring it back to the present to play the song because now they're under a time crunch. Uh, this little ditty was, uh, was done in the other two movies but what they did in the other two movies was that they glossed over that fact so in the first movie there was the scene where they needed to get keys but they were out of time so they talked about how they would go into the future after the event had happened get the keys go back in time and leave it for themselves and then they found it in the present as they were discussing this and then they were like well we have to remember to do that after the the present time and then in the second movie to beat the villain they did the same thing they said well i'm going to go into the future i'm going to lay you a trap and then that's how they beat the bad guy for the other two movies. So in this movie, instead of doing that, they decide to actually show this whole thing. And I thought that that was a little cheating on, on their end. 
But other than that minor point, um, just having the characters back, having a feel-good movie, a fun, family-friendly, fun for the whole gang, and um, it has a lot of surpri- little, little surprises, little callbacks, and it was an enjoyable movie. I actually got to see it in the drive-in, which I haven't seen a drive-in in over 40 years. So it was actually a pleasant experience. Great to see a movie in the theaters. One of the few that I've seen this year. It was entertaining. If you are a Bill and Ted fan, you will like this movie and on some level. Like I said, it doesn't hit the, the, the pinnacle of the first movie, but it's on par with the second one. So I recommend you guys go out and see it if you can. If not, go rent it on, uh, online. I know it's available in many places where you can rent or buy the movie right now. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show... Lucky stars for not losing an hour of your life. Go to www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen to the archives, which will be up in a week or so. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a YouTube page. Also, check us out on btdradio.com. And we'll see you next week. And remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.